This is the story about... I want to do it too. Okay, one, two. This is Precious Lives. Stories about kids. Teens. Guns. Guns. And how we end the violence. Bye-bye. Because, because we are precious. Because we are precious. This is Precious Lives. Violence clusters like an infectious disease. You can see it on a map in Milwaukee and other major cities. But you can also feel it when you walk into certain community spaces, like a church, like All People's Church. We featured All People's before in our series, after a 24-year-old member, Isaiah Johnson, survived two separate shootings in one year. Isaiah is far from the only one in the congregation affected by violence. So if you're Pastor Steve Jerby, who leads All People's Church, what do you say to your congregation? A congregation that habitually experiences violence. We can't be afraid of death. And we can't be afraid to talk about death because we know how the story ends, right? Because does the story of Jesus end on Good Friday? What comes next? Resurrection, Easter, right? Death becomes defeated. Here's Precious Lives producer, Emily Foreman. In October, in the basement of All People's Church, teens grab for wooden boxes, palm-sized skulls, and tissue paper. They paint these objects with R.I.P. in yellow and pink and blue, followed by names of family and friends. So we do remember Sincere's brother, and we remember Sean's dad, <coughs> Xavier's cousin. Every year, the church marches in Milwaukee's Dia de los Muertos parade. They bring a collection of items, shrines or ofrendas for the dead. The, the ofrenda that's up there? Who is that? It's a tradition that started with Darius Simmons, the year Darius was murdered. How many of you knew Darius? Darius' story is part of our shared story. So whether you knew him or not, it's part of our congregation. Darius was 13 years old, taking in an empty trash can from the curb in front of his house. His 76-year-old white neighbor shot him in front of his mother. What's been most striking about Darius' death is that He was the first person I knew who had been shot and killed. But for the vast majority of my community, he was not the first. Pastor Steve preached at Darius' funeral, and he says it was the hardest funeral he's ever done. And it changed the way that I pastor this congregation. Now, if you remember only one thing of my remarks, I want to be perfectly clear on this point. This is not part of God's divine plan. I've heard preachers spiritualize it um, or never actually name what caused it. They'll say things like, he died in such a tragic way. This, This is not just a tragic way. You know, car accidents are tragic. Cancer is tragic. This is a particular death in a particular way. And there are particular things that we can do to stop gun violence. This is the time for us to stand together as a community, as a city. This is the time to say to Trish and to her children, you do not stand alone. We stand together.
There's a cadre of mothers at all peoples who have lost sons to gun violence, sometimes involving the police. For instance, Maria Hamilton's son Dantre was shot and killed by a former police officer. These experiences, starting with Darius's mom, Patricia, catalyzed the church. Her baby boy is bleeding out in the street. She doesn't get to go with the ambulance. She's left in the back of a squad car. Uh, a truancy warrant goes out for one of her other sons, and there's just no humanity in this process. The church started showing up to conversations, rallies, and events related to community policing reform. You know, you hear people going around saying, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, but if Black Lives Matter so much, why are we out here killing each other? My name is Sincere Maxwell. I'm 15. About three years ago, Sincere's brother Shakur was robbed and shot. Just a few blocks from the church. It was winter. Pastor Steve said Shakur refused to give up his jeans. He was shot in the leg, and he almost bled out. Pastor Steve rushed to Children's Hospital, where he found Shakur in critical condition. Sincere was there, too, and she says she thinks of Pastor Steve as family. Made me think, like, I really do love this man. Shakur survived. Then this past summer, Pastor Steve joined Sincere's family at the hospital again. I think in August and September, for six or eight weeks, we didn't have a week go by where someone in the congregation hadn't experienced uh, murder. We lost uh, Dorian Crawford. Uh, He was killed just a few blocks away from Sherman Park. Sincere and Shakur's older brother, Dorian, was shot and killed in front of their home. He was 25. Yeah, he was the oldest. He took care of us. Dorian tattooed Sincere's name on his arm when she was eight. That's her favorite memory of her brother. He changed my diapers (laughs) while my mom worked. You know, we struggled. We're having four kids. At the time, Sincere was at Bible camp, and her mom, Ricky, asked Pastor Steve to deliver the news. So I drove out to camp. I, I pull her aside, away from the rest of the camp. I kind of knew it was going to be something, mm-hmm. but I never knew it was going to be like death. And I say, Sincere, I've got horrible news, and there's no easy way to say this, but this morning, Dorian was shot and killed. I just know I didn't know what else to do. I just thought about his kids, my mama us because he's like a father to us he took care of us he was our he was our dad neither sincere nor shakur were home the night dorian died shakur has been in prison his record says recklessly endangering safety use of a dangerous weapon pastor steve says shakur didn't feel safe without a gun when you've almost lost your life and given what happened to now his brother right that lack of safety and security is very real. And so it's not the path that I would have hoped for him, but I wasn't in his situation. He sent sincere pictures on her birthday. She says he looks like a man now, not the little boy she once knew. Shakur gets out of prison in May. Thank God. Sincere puts her ofrenda for her brother Dorian away to dry. After the heavy conversation, Pastor Steve asks everyone to form a circle. For closing words, phones are away. 
Notice who's in the circle with us. Notice who's missing. 14-year-old Mark decides to skip youth group tonight because he had just been mugged, hit upside the head with a gun while leaving school. His friend Stephen, also 14, was with him. I got in a fight with the guy with the gun. You was fighting? Stephen says he knocked the guy with the gun over the head with his book bag. Yes. You what a gun. Yeah, it's hard to picture Stephen in his navy blue school uniform cardigan fending off a guy with a gun. So, so there's a passage in the Gospel of John where Jesus says, no one has a greater love than this, than to lay down his life for the sake of his friend. Now, if you want to know why we have youth group, it's because all of us, in some way or another, need to have each other's back. Then everyone goes around the circle and shares how they feel. Some are worried about their AP homework. Others miss their loved ones. And Sincere says she feels happy, not depressed, like she was a month ago. I try to look at things like differently. Like this, the weekend that just passed, I saw my mama crying. And I'm like, why are you crying? She said, I want my son. And I was like, your son is still here. He's like, no, he's not. I was like, he's not here in the flesh. But he's here in spirits, and you see them every weekend when they come over. <laughs> Those little girls, that's him. She's talking about Dorian's kids, ages 9, 5, and 3. Like one of his favorite songs was Digits by Young Thug. It's, it said, you can lose your life, but it's going to keep going. And then it said, when you die, somebody else is born. He has a son on the way. Precious Lives is produced by 371 Productions in association with WUWM, WNOV, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and the Wisconsin Center for Investigative Journalism. We're supported by the Isabel and Alfred Bader Fund and the Greater Milwaukee Foundation. Music by Kiran V.